Hey there, this is Sean from the Wasted Knowledge Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. This is episode four of our second season. So we're super, super excited that you're still listening to us, or maybe you're finding us for the first time. In this episode, we are talking to Diamond Dan. He is a uh, rep, demoer, jack-of-all-trades for Ultra Pro. He's also a facilities manager, so a super interesting guy to listen to and to talk to and have a drink with. So we really hope you enjoy our interview with him. This is part one. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Solid. All right. Um, also, make sure to turn off or silence your phones. Uh, if you, I'm on vibrate. Perfect. Uh, I also just... I should uh, take my little lanyard off because it's on mine. Though. Leave jingle it. Jingles. Uh, yeah, it's alright. Alright. I don't hear. Oh yeah, fine. I don't hear your I rambling. Here's uh, rattling much. Shit, I'm actually kind of loud too. I didn't get any mixes. All right, motherfucker. Hey, oh, you didn't? <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be scary then. Well, I mean, I can make the Tom Riddle, so that's handy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, you get simple and citrus, so that's fine too. Right. Uh, sweet. Uh, so welcome to Wasted Knowledge. Uh, this is somewhere in season two. We'll call it that. And uh, we don't even need to edit that. I can just leave that out. Uh, so we're here with Dan. And uh, of course, I'm Sean. TC. And uh, Dan, what do you do, man? So as best as I can recollect is people pay me to go to conventions and play games. Solid. On the weekends. But during the weekdays, I happen to live in upstate New York, and I manage two tattoo parlors, two barber shops, a laundromat, and a bunch of other stuff for clients there. So I'm kind of like an operations manager who is like, hey, I'm leaving, and they're like, cool, thanks for being here. And I'm here at DragonCon, which is pretty dope, by the way. Kick ass. Yeah. Well, and uh, I guess I should have asked before I said your name, uh, is it okay if we use your, your name in the podcast? Like versus- I... 100% agree. Awesome. Excellent. Well, uh, welcome. So we're, we're here at DragonCon recording live, uh, so we'll do our best, of course, to edit out the background noise, but there's probably still going to be some in there, because uh, that's just life. It's a very active convention. It is very active. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's uh, start out with some cocktails. Sure. Uh, that sounds awesome. It does sound awesome. I love your tin cups, by the way. Well, do you want to start with your stuff? That's so uh, dope. I don't have any more of my stuff. Oh, oh. Oh, well, that's nice. Oh, my. Thanks for coming empty, TC. Uh, well, I'm awesome. Just, I wasn't necessarily empty when I started. Yeah. Look, I I'm just, happy you had a good time. Yeah. Is that fair? Everything was great. All right. All right. Well, so then we'll start with mine. So. Everyone who's listening, we're in it to win it. Yes. So... So you, you kind of have two jobs, mm-hmm. uh, Dan. Uh, so what is, huh? Can you can you describe your, your weekend role a little bit more as far as like how? So currently, yeah. Uh, my weekend role, yeah, I work with Ultra Pro. I'm part of the Envoy team, which basically we go out to conventions. Uh, we go to conventions that Ultra Pro, which if no one's all, all familiar with Ultra Pro, we do a lot of accessories. We're Magic Gathering, Pokemon, Dragon Ball Z, number of other intellectual properties. We make sleeves, binders, deck boxes, etc. But we also have a gaming division. Gaming division, uh, the best game that you've heard, probably heard of is Ascension. It's a deck builder. It's been out since 2010. Uh, Justin Gary just invented uh, Shards of Infinity, which is amazing. But that's more of a PvP. Ascension's a game where you're going to just play 
against your opponent. You have to pay attention to what they're doing, but you can just play. Shards is a more, much more MPB. Uh, they all, UPE, which is also pro entertainment, so part of the acronyms, is more of a. They also have party games. They also have children's games included under the playroom. So these are all tabletop games. Yes. Yes. Yep. All games, uh, generally, like in all honesty, you can all play with your family. You know. Now, Ascension, you want to play with people who are much more familiar with board games, more deck building style. Uh, player entertainment like Geek Out, uh, Dad Joke Face Off. That's much more of a party game that you literally can bring anywhere and you're there. So, my job is to travel around the world and teach people games, which is really terrible. Everyone who's listening, it's horrible. I hate it. Take my job. That's a lie. Don't listen to me. <laughs> but you don't want to do it. No one should be forced no, to do that. Don't take my job. You. I like my job. You're I'm such a hero. I am such a hero. <laughs> no, that sounds, sounds like so I was a magic player in the 90s and I styled myself a competitive player in the 90s because I like I like winning you know I like playing building a deck and trying to win in a tournament setting like competitive that's I am a competitive player at my heart 100% so in the 90s I played magic I did okay in my local group it wasn't anything astounding I think I stopped playing around Mirage or so when flanking was a thing. And at that point, I picked up Legend of the Five Rings. I had played it sparingly, but their storyline really hooked me. Basically, Legend of the Five Rings is a collective card game that the opposite of Magic of the time, if you win a tournament with your faction, that faction wins. So imagine all the Magic players in the universe. You are playing Black. You're a necromancer. So guess what? The story is, uh, I'm going to find a mining operation and I'm going to help this world. If you're a necromancer and you're playing black, guess what? You're literally raising zombies from the fucking village you killed, pardon the language, but they're going to go mine for you. All right? Or if you're white, you're more liberation oriented, you're going to liberate the workers of the village and you're going to send them down, but you're going to make sure they're doing well. And that makes sense. If you're green, you're going to grow it out, etc. Elphabar had like nine, uh, at that time, like eight, nine factions. So there, were, there was a difference, you know. Uh, and it was a samurai drama, which added to it. And I got enveloped in it. I got enveloped in the storyline. And I exclusively played that as my tab- tabletop game for 15 years. Yeah, long time. And then in 2012, 2013, I started a cash tournament series. And from there, I was invited by a number of the people who were there to, hey, apply for events manager position when it comes up on my okie dokie, so I did. And in 2013, I became the events manager for AEG, Outdoor Entertainment Group, which owned Alpha Bar at the time. And I was their major events manager until the end of 2016. They sold Alpha Bar in 2015 in the fall. And after that, I worked on Doomtown, which is like cowboy themed card game. And I did a number of other projects with them. And after that, I worked in the convention circuit. And after working that, number of connections, Ultra Pro kind of found me, discovered me, or I discovered them. And they're like, hey, we want people with your skill set to go to conventions and teach people games. And I know that sounds mundane, but apparently, 
knowing games, communicating with people moderately effectively, I hope it's moderate at the very least, <laughs> and also working in marketing works. Uh, when I'm back in Albany, though, I also have a bunch of local clients that I work with, like, communication style. So I do, like, their social media, etc. And it worked out in Albany that I have a really good base there that my travel works with the owners. And I'm just like, hey, I'm not going to be here. They're like, cool. Make sure you're working harder before it happens so we're covered when you leave. And you come back, and we're there. Hmm. So serendipity happened in my... 38th, 39th year. This is not early in my life. I'm not a young buck. I'm an experienced buck. Maybe like 8, 10 pointer. Somewhere in there. Hunters, don't come after me. Because I like my life. I hope. I hope I have time to go. But that's like a quick rendition. So yeah, that's kind of what I do. Uh, With Ultra Pro, it's been phenomenal. That's you. We're cheersing. I just want to make a little cheersing. Sorry, guys. So, with Ultra Pro, go on. Well, I have to take a sip. Mm. Oh, God. So, with Ultra Pro, it's been phenomenal. Uh, I actually travel the world. Like, I have, in the last year and a half, been to England, Ireland, uh, the Netherlands, Copenhagen, Sweden, uh, Greece. Like, all because, and that's just, that's just Europe. Like, I made it all across the U.S. for a number of conventions. But it's great. Like, I meet so many people. Like, like, not even, like demographics don't even begin to describe it. It's like gamers from all crafts. But they're all the same in many regards. Yes, people like to win. It's not a problem. You know? Like, they want to win a game. But they also want to learn a game. And you can teach people learning a game as much as showing them what the game can do. Best example I can describe was PAX East in 2018 when Shards of Infinity was announced. And this is going to go against all conventional demo logic. Demo logic is you make sure the person wins. Okay? It's not that I don't subscribe to that and I don't agree with it. And there are definitely the type of people you have to read the people at the table. So PAX East 2018, which is like early April... Shards Infinity, April April 1st, like, it's not even in stores. Like, they can order it. It's like getting in the stores that week. I demoed Shards Infinity 42 times there. And that was against one opponent, multiple opponents, etc. And I asked every single person or group who sat down, would you like to learn the game, play a few rounds, see how you like it, or do you want to play a game, and I can show you what you can do in the game. But fair warning, if I'm going to do that, I'm going to play to win. Pardon the interruption, everyone. No, no. Let, let's let, let us all acknowledge the silent partner of the podcast. It's fair, <laughs> right? There's I'm one. Dennis is the bomb. I've I'm, known Dennis. I'm a helper. Yeah, I've known Dennis for like eighteen. Yeah, it was like oh th- two oh three. Oh my fuck, we're old. Yeah, we. we I mean, yes. No, I'm. I'm actually. Yeah, you're on my age. Like, don't even try not to. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually missing two of my shot glasses. Oh well. So we'll use regular glasses. I think the mobile. I think you may have left some of the mobile back. Yeah. So, uh, so we can reach to. So that? this is the. This is also the. Oh yeah. The inaugural run. Of. This. The bar case. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw it at Gen Con, but cool. 
Oh yeah, I ran around with it, but uh, yeah, I haven't actually used it in the podcast yet. Right. Oh. Oh, for the official. Yeah. This is the official number. Yeah. There was definitely some tests. Be gone, thoughts. So I just, we made our. Uh, that's wrong. Uh, this is uh, Appleton, which is now uh, under the J Ray and Nephew label. Uh, cheers. Cheers, cheers, guys. cheers to gaming, guys. Right? Why not? It's great. And we're also drinking the uh, Tom Riddle. That's a cocktail right now. Uh, which is uh, Ooh, bourbon. Tom Riddle's good. Malort. Ch- cherry bark, vanilla bitters, a little bit of simple syrup, and a lemon twist. So there's, a, a, there's a woody taste to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's a riff on a Sazerac, but we're just basically same ratios, I mean, different ingredients. I'm not, I'm not going to say that I taste the cherry, but I, it's definitely there. Like, mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But definitely the woody. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of peaty scotches. I love peaty scotches. That's, like, my jam. I actually yeah, made this cocktail with a peaty scotch, and it's still good. It's weird. I well, it should, because it's awesome. Thank you. Oh. So, basically, I asked them, and I won, in my demo that weekend, 42 out of 42 games. I literally went 42 and 0 against everyone who sat down against me, team or not. At that table, I sold 32 of the games. I literally went like this, moved it over, they sold it, or I sold it right there. And seven people or groups came back after. So basically, I was 39 and 3. Now, in full defense of the game, Shards Infinity is a great PvP deck builder. If you like it, great. But it's also 20 bucks. So it was not a hard sell. And I need to make sure that's clear. But at the same time, when you're demoing games, any game that's above the $40 mark... It's rough to demo. You have to put time in. Okay? Like, you have to make sure they like it. And if they don't like it, be like, look, it's cool. This might not be your jam. Yeah. Alright? $20 is easy money. I guarantee you, I would sell it to all of you right now. By just playing it. $20, easy. That's two beers at a hotel. Two hotel beers. You can play a game. You can travel with it. It's that compact. Right. It's my, really easy. My history with collecting. Well, this is a this is a limited pool. It's much more of a quote unquote living card game. FFG, I love you. I'm not saying it's a living card game. I'm saying quote unquote, it's fixed. Like it's a it's a much more of a board game. I got you. Okay. Oh, technically, awesome. there's no collectability to it. You buy it, you got it, you play it. I started playing and Magic it, the Gathering when I was in like seventh or eighth grade, mm-hmm. and I basically built a deck from. Scraps to play with them. And when I finally had like an actual play of the deck, I kept it in a Ziploc bag. Well, I mean, it could have been worse. Yeah. You could have just not had it in a Ziploc bag. But it got stolen from me, and it took me. Uh, were there moxes in it? A year and a half. No, they were not. Oh, uh, okay. You're saying like revised ish? Revised? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So there's like Soul Ring, uh, there was no Dual Lands in Revised, right? That was before. I don't think there's... Don't is there Revised Dual Lands? I don't believe so. Anyone? Okay. But it's... We might be wrong. You can comment. Let's go. Like Yell me. That's cool. never really done with it. It's like 25 years ago, guys. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I just so recently got back into Commander. I'm playing Ursa. Yeah, I'm a motherfucker. That's right. I'm an older brother. My younger brother always identified with Mishra because he's a loser, obviously. <laughs> and Mishra got a card uh, before. And now Urza has cards. So obviously, I'm fucking Urza. 
I'm sorry he's top 10. I don't know what to tell you. In Commander. So, and, and kind of looking at your career, and also your... Well, actually, let me take a step back and ask sure, a short sure. question. How much of your time and, and income is is doing the, the traveling in Devil Sumar like the the time and it's it's a bit. It's a bit. So full disclosure, I'm single, I have no kids. So yeah, in, in many ways I am living a dream, which is great. I'm not denying that. Um but I know plenty of people who travel close or more in some cases more in all honesty as me and have families I mean it's a sacrifice that's basically what it comes down to uh, I'm, so I guess I'm curious and really it's an exposure of what I find to be motivating mm-hmm. uh, sometimes at least for jobs like is is this something you could do full time or that you could just do and not have to, to work when you go home so you can but you, I, I think like in the convention circuit, if you are, if you're a green greenhorn, okay, and or a rookie starting in the convention circuit, you need to work for anyone who's going to give you a job on the Right. Okay. Now that means that you're going to find some companies or individuals who say they're companies that you're going to stay in like a hotel like thirty minutes away. And you're gonna have to drive in with them and do it. Or you can find a company of Luxac and grind out, which I did. Ultra's been great. And you get a solid hotel. It's near the you can walk there, you can walk that. It's awesome. It's a grind, okay? I can't say I would not suggest starting this path without knowledge of the fact that it is a grind. And it's not guaranteed. Okay? You need to work. This is not a job you can slack off in because there's break setup and breakdown. And that those are the keys. Setup and breakdown is gonna make or break you. I I know so many demoers across the world in many different languages. I would hire them in instant to sell again. Easy. But some do not, and I do mean some, do not have the wherewithal to set up and break down. And and set up and breakdown is like eight to 10 hours in a day, sometimes 12, sometimes 14, sometimes 15. I've been to the Javits Center at a New York City Tri-Fair, okay? I've been there on a Sunday. The con ended at four. We didn't get our pallets until 1 a.m. Okay, that's the Javits Center in New York City. Like literally, arguably one of the best unions in the universe because they've been unions for a long time. Now they come through its own things in the sense of like, yeah, you're gonna get it when it comes in. Sure. Sometimes there's bigger fish than you, yeah. right? Yeah. And you get it when you get it. And that happens. But you have to be there. You have to grind it out. And if you want to be, if you want to have like the four or five days in the industry where you can literally right now, as an example, take time out, have a great interview, talk to awesome people. Sweet. That's good. Yeah. But you need to balance that. I can't say I recommend it. In the sense of, you don't have to grind, and you have to be good. It's it's just like it's a job, guys. Like it, it really is a job. I, yeah, I think I hear what you're saying. I think there's a lot of jobs out there that at face value just mm-hmm. how does somebody get paid for that? How great is that? But being able to kind of take that and still treat it right. as a profession is what really makes it key. But I love it. I loved it since the beginning. 
you know? Like, if I was 20 years younger, I would say, go for it. Mm. Really? No, like, 20, 21 years old? Look, you're going to get a lot of life experiences. This is a great way to learn the world. It really is, okay? My best advice is don't go crazy. Enjoy it. The biggest thing is show up on time. Get shit done. Those are the two fucking rules of conventions. Don't fucking be late. I don't care if you literally need to fucking Uber 30 minutes before. When is a five-minute Uber? You be there. You be ready. If you want to fucking make sure that this is a job that you're going to continue with, you're going to be there before they're there. Cool. You know? Show that you care. Now, I'm not saying you're going to get paid like that. You have to work through it. It's like anything. But you can do it. You know? I got to... Like this... So I'm going to Essen for Ultra Pro in October. And, and because I'm over in Europe... I'm taking a week off after everything in October. I'm selling my 40th birthday in Madrid. I have friends in Madrid. My roommates are coming over. I have other people coming over. It's going to be great. But I can't say I would ever have had that opportunity if I did not show up on time and get shit done. So I'm spending seven days in Madrid because I showed up on time and got shit done. Now, shit is like, literally, you take out a trash can. Don't complain. It's a fucking trash can. It doesn't matter. You have to be in your house and take out a trash can. Sometimes you have to do dishes. Sometimes you have to carry heavy loads. Sometimes you have to wrap pallets. It's opening closing. It's a job. There are non-enjoyable aspects of a job. I do not like wrapping pallets, but I will wrap a pallet because it's my job. But at the same time, I'm also here right now because I wrap pallets. <laughs> Partially. Right. You know, it's not definitive, but it all adds up. If you work, it will come. Sounds like the... Fill of dreams? Old, yeah. Right? Old, old, yeah. If you work, yeah. it will come. Well, no, they said build it. By no, building, it's like you, but, you're, but you're building your rep. Right. And that's, and that's a misnomer. Like You need to make sure that everything you do is you. They're going to take it. Like, if you do a great weekend, and on Sunday, go out with a team, you're like, wow, 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 wow. Oh, just... Enjoy and be chill, you know. So, did you have to to learn that lesson? In, like, the hard. I learned that lesson before I got in the industry. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, yeah. In a separate industry. Was it the hard way? Or just like just well, like, I just uh, like rough and tumble punk from 2003 until 2010 in upstate New York. I owned a company called, and I started a company and owned a company called AlbanyLive.com. Our job, as we came to know it was to literally be at bars and clubs from Tuesday through Saturday. And we took pictures of people, like, before Instagram and Facebook was a thing, we put them up on the internet. We made money off advertising, etc. So, I am... You were the nightlife photographers and advertisers? In, in many regards. Oh, yeah, easy. I will put myself up. Anyone, event photography, I'll at least be like, yo, give me a camera, I'm ready. I'm not going to beat you, but I'll do good. Because I've, I've taken hundreds of thousands of pictures in my life of events. Now, did that help this? Sure. Because if I can talk to someone at like 2 a.m. in a club, sure, I can talk to you about a demo game. And you do have to get over some of your insecurities. You know? You're going to demo to people who are not the people you want to fucking play with. You know? But you have to understand their style. You have to be like, cool, these guys want to play. They're hyper competitive. Let them play. Just let it. It's cool. (laughs) 
And that's what I was gonna I was gonna bring up because we we oftentimes in the show like relate what people do back to the industry we know so well, the restaurants. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say it seems like a real big bonus though in your job that for the most part, most of the people that you were marketing to or working with mm-hmm. are gonna be like pleasant in the kind of people that you yes. want to be around. They're they're in a happy atmosphere and they're kind of demoing. Contrary to common knowledge, gaming is a service industry. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And, it's, and, it's and it's weird. How often is that vocalized, though? It, it's, it, it's, I think it's only really coming to the forefront in the last five years, decade. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when you have community... By the way, everyone, TC's beard's amazing, and I'm jelly, and I have a good beard. His beard's amazing. I, I took pictures of both of you while you were talking, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, there's, there's a comparison. Please put it on the website. Oh, yeah. I mean, people know the community managers of every gaming The best community managers are not necessarily people who play the game, but it's people who know the game. You have to be able to answer basic rules questions, and that's huge. Magic does that well, and I know they're the evil empire, but they're why we're here, guys. Like, literally. Well, look. Not solely, but if you haven't been to Dragon Con, come to Dragon Con. This is my first Dragon Con. It's amazing. amazing. This is my first Dragon Con as well, and I will second that. And it's, this is my eighth, but um, I have say one of the early non-board tabletop games that I played was Magic. Like yes. I, was, I was in Catholic yeah. school, mm-hmm. right around the time that they're like, it's Satan! And I was like, we should play it. Because uh, <laughs> that sounds cool. Uh, but at the same, same same time, like it was, it was a group experience. It was totally foreign and unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, it might be the the 800-pound gorilla now, but it was something special at the time, and it's something that, yeah, gave just gave you a completely new experience. And I, I still dig it for that, and I appreciate it. And I still like. I love going. You know, I take two or three years off from Magic. I go back to a game store. I go. I I don't know what's going on, but uh, does someone want to like show me? And there's always someone there that's like, yeah, dude, like let's let's do it. And that's the beauty of that game because they've added enough to a fluff to entice and keep people to care and that's great as well it should have been like look it, it is Richard Garfield is at heart like Richard Garfield is the biggest nerd you've ever met in your life if you met Richard Garfield at a bar you would not know one it's Richard Garfield unless you literally know who he is like I mean like literally picture studied it and you'll just start talking to him and he'll just geek out on you and you just think he's a nerd because he's a nerd he is. He is an actual. He is closet stereotype. Okay. He doesn't, uh, from what I've gathered, genuinely nice human being. Doesn't like a lot of attention. That uh, tension. Uh, I can't say I know that for a fact. I'm simply regurgitating, but generally it makes sense. You know, you literally have the game that has divine games. If there is not magic. I know what to tell you guys. I don't necessarily think... I, I know I wouldn't be here. I know for a fact I wouldn't be here. Because if Magic didn't exist, Alpha Guard wouldn't exist. If Alpha Guard didn't exist, I wouldn't be here. Simple as that. The first game I got to help design was based on deck building and Magic. Mm-hmm. Like it, I wouldn't... Yeah. Same thing. Piggybacking off that comment, though, if 
magic didn't exist, or if you weren't doing what you were doing. What do you think? I'd be doing. What, what would you be? I would say I'm in, I would probably either be in public relations without a beard and I'm happy that I don't have a beard and I know that sounds mundane but I like having beard I mean I was a hipster before I was cool and I'll say that to the day I die because I've had my beard for 15 years I don't care man hipsters are like 5 years ago it's chill have a beard it's great many hipsters have better beards than I have I can't grow it's cool but bottom line yeah, I'd probably be in some sort of marketing thing. I've worked in corporate America. I worked in health insurance for five years, like like provider services, call center. I've done it, okay? I've grinded it. Now, if I stayed there, would I probably, in theory, be making more money? Sure, it's in theory. If I got the promotion, or something. But one, I am infinitely happier. And look, I'm not gonna say I didn't rucksack into it. It happened, okay? But at the core, it really comes down to, and that means your mundane job, guys. You know those guys who you come to work on time and anyone's late, and they're consistent, and you're like, why aren't they getting in trouble? And why do I get in trouble when they're late? Responsible people get the most shit. It's a fact. Because they expect you to be there. That does not mean you should not be responsible. It's like, basically, you have to work no matter your industry. Have to. You have to take the jobs that sometimes the other people aren't going to program when they're going to fucking program, so you got to program. And sometimes people who care about you are going to give you shit about it, but guess what? I'm where I am because I fucking took the job. And I took that extra responsibility. Anytime someone slaps, that's an opportunity for you to get ahead. Simple as that. Your friend's late. I love my friend, but guess what? I'm going to take an extra call. I'm going to answer an extra question. I'm going to do that extra half paperwork, okay? That doesn't mean you will get ahead. You're positioning yourself. Hey, you're still listening. Awesome. This is Sean again. Thank you so much for listening to part one of our interview with Dan. We hope you enjoy it. The next episode is either up right now or will be up in about a day because um, we're in quarantine times and we're just pumping out these episodes so you can have something uh, to enjoy. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, if you're listening and you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts, say hello to us at Wasted K Podcast on Twitch and Instagram. Or sorry, Twitter and Instagram. We're Wasted Gaming on Twitch. <laughs> you can always find us at uh, WastedKnowledgePodcast at gmail.com. Drop us a line, say hello, see if you want to be on. Uh, we're also WastedKnowledgePodcast.com. That's where you can find all the latest episodes, everything like that. And you can also help support us at Patreon.com forward slash wait for it (laughs) wasted knowledge because apparently they haven't been taken yet so thank you so much for listening and your continued support we'll see you soon cheers